Welcome to Above and Below, a Salt Life podcast where we're going to be exploring above and below the surface. We'll take in a deep dive into the world of fishing, diving, and surfing. Every week, we're going to sit down with experts to learn more about them and get their freshest, hottest takes on all things salty. What's up, everyone? Welcome back to Above and Below, a Salt Life podcast. I'm your host, Kieran Anderson, and today we have Mark Metalman on with us. Mark, how's it going? Tell us a little bit about yourself, where you're from, and what you do. Sure, Kieran's going great. Thanks for the opportunity to be here today. I own Fish Drake Bay along with Captain Willie Atencio in a small town in Drake Bay, Costa Rica, uh, on the southern Pacific side. So you're in Costa Rica right now? Right now I'm in the States, but can't oh, okay. wait to get down there in a month or so. Nice. How long have you guys had that uh, that company going down there? We've had the uh, operation uh, going on about 10 years now. I'm just Holy having a blast. Smokes. Nice. How, how the heck did that start? And how did you get to Costa Rica? Well, that's a great question. I started going down with clients about 25 years ago and just fell in love with the country and fell in love with the people and stumbled across this little small town. We started out going to all the big marinas and the big charter boats and we're more kind of off the beaten path type people. So we wanted to explore the country and found Drake Bay and uh, Captain Willie was working for a lodge there, and we hooked up with him. And I knew after about the second or third trip, hey, this guy's special. I've fished, been lucky enough to fish around the world, and I've never seen anybody really work this hard, have the passion for fishing, never looking at his watch saying, hey, we got to be back at four o'clock. It's, hey, you guys <laughs> got time for one more spot kind of thing. So I uh, ended up. Um, Hiring Willie and, and buying a boat and, and starting the operation. So where where is Drake Bay? So Drake Bay is on the southern Pacific side. Um, a lot of people are familiar with uh, Los Sueños or Capos. There are big marinas there. We're about two hours south of Capos. Um, the cool thing about the area is, as I mentioned, it's remote but it borders a national park called Corcovado National Park, which is world famous for hiking and uh, wildlife and things like that. And uh, just about 12 miles offshore, we have Canyo Island, which is an incredible spot for, uh, for diving and snorkeling and things like that. How was the process actually starting a business in Costa Rica? Was it hard to do or was it pretty, pretty easy? No, the process is actually pretty complicated. Um, it's not as easy as buying a boat and hiring a captain and getting a fishing license and, uh, and getting started. Uh, the country really does try to promote, um, having Costa Ricans and having their residents as the business owners. Uh, so Willie owns the majority of our business, Captain Willie, and, uh, obviously being a Costa Rican. And my recommendation for anybody trying it is, you know, get a very good, local attorney that understands all the laws and nuances in the country of Costa Rica, because there, there's quite a few. And it's it's tough for a, a gringo, as we call ourselves down there, um, to, to really navigate all of the, uh, the legalities and the nuances of running a business. Where did it all start? How did you start fishing? And uh, have you been fishing your whole life? And, and did you start just traveling to Costa Rica for fun? Or how did that all come about? Yeah, good question. Um, I've been really fishing since I was about five or six years old. It's been a, a passion of my entire family, father, grandfather, brother, 
Now my son, grandsons, we all love to fish. We all love to be outside. And really, Costa Rica was just a, we started out doing red fishing trips in Louisiana with some clients and friends and family. And one year we said, hey, let's uh, kind of kick this up a notch. Let's do something different. We flew down to Costa Rica, when I actually went on the Caribbean side. Uh, didn't know anything much about the Pacific side. Uh, caught some nice snook and tarpon. And and next year we said, hey, let's go explore the other side of the country. So literally for over 20 years, we've been exploring the country. And Great Bay was just such a unique place. There's only about a thousand people there. Wow. Uh, all centered around tourism, all centered around the water. And uh, just a really cool spot. You know, if if people want the big nightlife or the big marinas, it's really not the place. If you're more into, you know, the nature, uh, being right on the water, walking down a dirt road to a couple of good bars and restaurants, uh, that's really what what, uh, Drake Bay offers. Where did it, uh, or sorry, how should I ask this one? What made you want to become uh, a charter captain? Um. You know, uh, that was not my primary business early on. I, I ran a different business and, you know, like anything else, you get older and your your hobbies tend to become more of your passions and sometimes they become your business. And I just, you know, I wanted to spend more time doing it. I was fascinated with it. And then really with the opportunity with Captain Willie, uh, that made the pieces fall together because... I certainly wouldn't try to do this completely on my own. Uh, Willie grew up in Drake Bay, uh, knows the water, knows the people, uh, and has just been a tremendous partner in the business. What kind of fish are you guys catching there in Drake Bay? So right now, um, actually, we're quoting the rainy season, but um, went out yesterday. We're going out again today. Uh, caught some nice roosters, uh, caught some tuna, uh, caught a couple snapper, but it's really a kind of a unique fishery. Uh, we have got a, an offshore bite, uh, mainly blue and black marlin. And then obviously when the sailfish come migrating through, uh, there are days you can catch 20 or 30 sails. Uh, lately though, the marlin have been, been pretty hot. You know, it's not unusual to, to hook uh, two or three blues in a day. Occasionally a big black will come through. Uh, biggest one we've got is about 550 pounds of black that we fought for about about four and a half hours. And uh, I didn't have a fighting chair on the boat at the time. So this poor guy stood up with a uh, stand-up harness and literally fought him for about four and a half hours. And uh, wow. yeah, it was tremendous. But so really our fishing is is interesting because you've got the offshore, which is uh, 20 to 40 miles generally. Um Then you've got around the island, which is kind of midway out, got an incredible reef system. So we have a lot of uh, bottom fishing opportunities, grouper, snapper, big pompano, things like that, smaller tuna. And then as you push on inshore, you've got more of the rooster fish, uh, all types of jacks, um, littler snapper. So it really is, depending on what the client wants to do, you know, it's... uh, some people just say, listen, I don't need to go offshore. I don't want to spend an hour on the boat. You know, I just, we just want to bend some rods. We got some kids in the boat, you know, and I've got other people that say, Hey, I want to fish top water for yellowfin tuna. 
you know, let's just go wherever they are. So it, it really is kind of, we don't, we, we uh, customize each trip for the client. You know, we think that's a lot more special to do that instead of, hey, we're going to go troll for eight hours and see what happens. What kind of boat do you have? We have two boats. We've got a 35-foot Cabo Express, which has got twin uh, cat diesels on it, super comfortable boat, air conditioning, in a nice salon, full head. Um, and we also have a 26 center, uh, 26 foot center console. So really depending on the budget and what's what the client wants to do and, you know, level of comfort, things like that. So two boats to choose from. That's rad. Talk to me about rooster fish. So how is it catching us? I've always wanted to catch a rooster I mean, fish. rooster fish, it's, it's really, really one of the main reasons that, that I'm down there. And, and I'd say 60 to 70% of our clients come because they want to catch a rooster fish. They've heard of them. They've seen them maybe on TV. They've seen them on a fishing show. Uh, typically, they see them being caught in the surf and in Mexico and things like that. But really, it's a, it's a bucket list fish. It's, um, they're exotic. They're only found from Baja, California down to Peru. So they're not everywhere in the world. You know, it's a very unique species. And just the way they fight, it, it, they, ha they absolutely fight like, you know, nothing you've ever seen before. It's kind of like hooking into a freight train. <laughs> and, uh, you know, and just their beauty, the, uh, the, the black stripes, the way they're built. And uh, obviously a rooster, there's seven kind of spiny dorsal fins uh, that, that, that make up, it's the comb. And they're just absolutely a, a, a gorgeous fish, and really they're they're prolific because they we release them all, and uh, we use a circle hook, uh, you know, least amount of damage, and all of our fish are released, and you know, to fight another day. Would you say rooster fish are some of your favorite fish to catch? There's absolutely no doubt. I mean, the typically we fish with lighter spinning tackle kind of a, a mid-size um, spinning reel instead of having a heavy type trolling rod. And the, you know, the rod is in the client's hands. We'll, we'll have a live bait going, open the bale, and they're catching the fish. So it's not simply a, hey, fish on, pick up the rod and reel it in. So it's, it's the, really the excitement of feeling just the enormous bite. And then you have to have the patience to let the fish take the uh, live bait for a while, which can be up to 10 to 12 seconds. And that's kind of a heart pounding, you know, 12 seconds. Because a lot of us in the States, we grew up bass fishing. And the first thing we saw was, hey, set that hook as hard as you can. And you do that with a rooster fish and he's gone immediately. That's just, just not the way it works. Because really the circle hook is designed just to hook the fish in the corner of the mouth. And again, cause the least amount of damage. And to do that, it's really a matter of just closing the bale and starting to reel. And it's, you can coach people, but when they feel that bite, the urge to pull back, you know, sometimes that's a tough one to uh, avoid. What makes rooster fish so special to you? I mean, you can go catch marlin and all this stuff in Costa Rica, but you just said that rooster fish is probably one of your favorite fish or it is your favorite fish to catch. Yeah, I mean, I think the rooster is, uh, you know, a really special fish to catch because, number one, you don't find them everywhere. 
And, and just the sheer fight of the fish is incredible. Um, you know you have a rooster on because your rod tip is just going to shake violently. You know, the rooster is basically shaking its head. It's a big, aggressive fish. Once they're hooked up, they don't want, they want to get that hook out at all costs. And, and, they're, and he's shaking his head like crazy. And then they start to dig. And a lot of times, you know, you'll, you'll, they'll come up to the boat. Client will get all excited. And I say, hey, you, get, you got a couple more minutes. They'll see the boat. They'll hear the engine. Gone again. Fight them again. Bring them back up. They'll typically have two to three more runs after you bring them up to the boat. So it's just a, it's a super exciting fish to catch. And, you know, uh, for us, it's the conservation part of it's so important. And it's a, it's a quick picture and it's a release. And it's really interesting how we do it. it it's not like you see uh, typically on a fish, you'll hold it somewhat um, perpendicular, get the water going through with a rooster fish. Really, you, you, you push the head straight down with some force, which rushes water back through the gills and, and revives them immediately. And then one kick of their big tail and they're gone. So if somebody wanted to go catch a rooster fish, are they specifically asking you guys, hey, we want to target rooster fish or um, how does that work? Yeah, good question. A lot of times, um, I mean, we've had people from literally all over the world. And I'm always surprised that somebody from Italy or France or Germany or Spain want to come and catch a rooster fish. I mean, I guess it's just, it's such an exotic species for them that they seek out, you know, what are some of the best places in the world that I can target these? Uh, Costa Rica is certainly one of them and our little areas, you know, probably one of the top in the world. Um, so yes, uh, a lot of times we'll have people say, I want to book three or four days but I want to specifically target a rooster. We'll try to knock that off their bucket list and then, you know, try to go catch some tuna or snapper or things like that. They're pretty crazy looking. I mean, are they a picky fish? How, how, talk to me about catching them. I mean, you were saying circle hooks, yeah. but what are you guys using? You know, um, they're smart. I mean, we use, I would say, 80% of the time we're going to use live bait. Um, and probably the cleanest presentation that you can, meaning that we're going to, we're going to catch a small um, bonita or we're going to catch a small snapper and we're going to be completely weightless uh, with a spinning rod. We're going to hook the fish, uh, the bait, and basically just free line. So you want the, 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 the cleanest, the least complicated presentation that you can. Uh, because they're smart, you know, they're going to see if it's got a steel leader or something on it, or they see the fish not acting right, you know, they're going to know. Um, so, yes, they are pretty picky. Uh, you can catch them when they're active. You can throw a top water bait, which is an absolute blast. Um, they're not really in huge schools. Typically, the bigger fish aren't. Uh, we have caught the smaller guys, the schoolies kind of, if it's slow, you can troll, a, you know, kind of a traditional uh, ballyhoo type thing, and the little ones will hit it. But tough to catch a bigger one uh, that way. They're a little too smart. So uh, live bait is definitely your best route. What kind of live bait are you using? 
typically we're gonna we're gonna we catch all our own live bait uh, to make sure it's you know the ultimate fresh. So we use a sabiki rig, catch some small snapper, things like that. Uh, probably their favorite though is a small bonita, uh, little bullet bonitas or little. And when I say little, I mean we're using a bait oftentimes that's about twelve inches long, sometimes bigger. And uh, so it's it's a big it's a big live bait. And then you know also uh, I failed to mention that you know we can use a a, a, a dead bonita. It's not preferred, but you know when they're really hungry, they'll hit a dead bait. Certainly prefer a live bait, but yeah, they'll eat. You know when they get when they get really hungry like that. Are rooster fish running year round, or what's the best season? Yeah, roosters are they're not really migratory um, in our area. So they're, they're resident fish that we call. Uh, they need two things. They need primarily clean water and they need some tide movement. Uh, so there's certainly a, we like a last couple hours of an incoming tide. And if the water's dirty, you know, we, we don't even bother fishing for them in that spot. We'll find a different spot. So hence for us, we have a dry season and a rainy season. Uh, generally the rainy season, uh, excuse me, the dry season or the sunny time is about December through the beginning of May. So ideally that's the best time if somebody were to, you know, buy a plane ticket and try to specifically find them. But, you know, we caught some roosters yesterday in, in August and July. So they're here and it really depends on the water quality. Really the only two months I would try to avoid be September, October. Uh, that's a lot of rain. Uh, that's kind of the peak of our rainy season. You'll get some runoff from the jungle and the river mouths and things like that. And when the water gets dirty, they just, they, they leave or they don't bite or, you know, uh, it makes it much tougher to find them. What would you say the best month out of the whole year for somebody to come enjoy good weather, good fishing, um, and a good climate would be? Yeah, great question. I would say, uh, January through April is kind of going to kind of be your best best time frame. Um, generally, it's going to be hot, flat, and sunny. And you know, if if people have fished on the East Coast, yeah, you know, we don't we don't typically have the waves. We don't have to run 40, 50 miles. It's generally pretty calm uh, in our bay, and pretty calm in the surrounding area. We'll have a little bit of chop. But, you know, nothing like running off typically on the Atlantic, on the East Coast, things like that. And again, you don't got to go far for roosters. That's amazing. I mean, going, you know, just close to shore and just catching rooster fish sounds pretty fun to me. And yeah. a lot of people get seasick, too. So it's probably a lot yeah, easier exactly. for your clientele. Yeah. You were talking about how the bigger fish aren't really in schools. Do the smaller rooster fish stay in schools or are there pretty much loners all over the place? Yeah, no, they... um they will stay in schools, but a lot of times, you know, some of our best spots are literally a rock, you know, a, a ledge or an underwater peak where basically the the roosters can kind of ambush the bait fish, if you will. Uh, the, the bait fish are there, obviously, because of the structure, because of the protection, and that's why the roosters are there. But, you know, you can travel and look at your electronics, look at your garments, see miles and miles of sand. Nothing there. You come across some structure, underwater peaks, rocks, typically, you know, that's what we're looking for. 
Um, and we have a, it's, it's a very incredible fishery and, and, and ocean there. We have occasionally what they call orcas falsas or false killer whales. They'll come through and everything is gone. Everything wow. will, will hide, you know, until they migrate through, which may be a matter of hours, maybe a matter of days. Uh, so really there, Willie's so great. He grew up in Drake Bay. He's been on the water since he was a kid. Uh, and, he, you know, as much as people now rely on electronics so much, you know, I really enjoy watching him just look at the environment. You know, he, he watches the birds. He looks at the water quality. You know, what's the, how good, how fast is the current moving? Um, just looking at all the weather conditions and the water conditions. Yes, of course, we use, you know, technology and, and everything else, but it's kind of, it's fun to fish with somebody who's a little bit more old school, you know, kind of doing it by feel and kind of doing it by the environment or what, you know, what are the factors right now? And, you know, he's amazing. He can really, uh, especially tuna fishing, just watch the birds, which direction they're flying, how many there are, what type of birds there are. Yeah. And, you know, and, and nine times out of 10, he's finding the fish just by watching birds, you know, which is a pretty, pretty cool thing. Can you actually see rooster fish from the top water when you're, when they're swimming around or how do you choose? Uh, spot? Occasionally. Yeah, that's a good question. Occasionally you'll see them on the top, but generally um, I do some scuba diving down there too. So it's pretty cool to see them, you know, and they, and they're darting around super fast, but typically our spots are going to range from 50 to 80 feet. And uh, say so you're not really going to see them schooling on the surface, um, you know, very occasionally you will. And that's when you can throw a top water or something. And that's that's a blast. But generally, they're in a water column of probably 20 to 60 feet. So they're only catch and release. They are only catch and release. Yeah. Actually, the Costa Rican government has done a great job with uh, billfish and with roosterfish that they need to be. Uh, they all need to be released. Can you actually pull them out, though, and take photos, though, right? You can, yeah. You're not supposed to do that with the billfish, but with a rooster, you can pull them out and, uh, and snap a quick photo. Uh, on the big boat, we have a, a tuna door, so a lot of the bigger ones will just slide in and just, you know, very, very careful with the fish, quick picture, and then, you know, back in. That was my next question. How big do rooster fish get? So, great question. Um the world record is, I believe, around 110 pounds. Uh, yeah, which is a monster. Two years ago, we had a, a teenage kid. I think he was 13, 14, catch a 91 pound. Fish. Oh my gosh! And yeah, it was it was insane. It was almost about a two hour fight. What's your personal best? And uh, yeah, that that's the best. That's the boat record. My personal best is about 75. Uh, which is, you know, it, that's a big fish. How long does it take to reel something in like that? You know, um, you're going anywhere from uh, with a smaller fish, 20, 30 minutes to on the higher end, an hour and a half, a couple hours. And, uh, yeah, the, the big boys, they don't, they don't give up very easily. Are they running into the reef and stuff or how, how do they fight? Oh yeah. Yeah. They're running straight down. That's, you're so gonna, you know, you're going to, 
you're going to see that rod tip just go crazy. And you're going to know it's a rooster because if it, you have a snapper or a grouper, generally it's just going down, you know, a lot of tension. But with that rooster, that rod tip is just dancing like crazy. So he's shaking his head, he's digging, you know, doing everything. And do they break off pretty easily because they're going in the reef? Uh, you can, you know, uh, typically uh, the, the main thing, like with a big snapper, grouper, even a rooster fish, is to try to, you know, that those first couple grinds is try to get him up a little bit. Um, if, and if you can, you can get him out of the reef initially, uh, generally you can put enough pressure on him to, to keep him out. But yeah, absolutely. They're, they're digging back down there for sure. That yeah. sounds so fun. Yeah. yeah, it's a workout for sure. Is there a lot of, of groups that go rooster fishing specifically in Costa Rica? Like not just you um, guys, but but individuals that take boats out or whatever to go fish for yeah. rooster fish. No, I, you really need, you know, coming to Costa Rica, we don't have a lot of, hey, you can rent a boat and go fishing kind of thing. It's It's, I don't think really, I don't know of anybody that does that. Um, you know, if you're going to come down there, spend the money, you absolutely need a professional guide. Um, you know, one thing to caution about too, you, just like in any other country, you've got a lot of guys kind of off the beach that, you know, Hey, I'll take you for 50 bucks or whatever. And, you know, obviously you want to avoid those type things, but you want to look for somebody who's obviously has a captain's license. They have insurance, they have the right technology, equipment, everything else. Um, and I'd say for, I mean, for us, it's all guided trips. It's all charter uh, fishing trips. And, uh, you know, with, yeah, with the smaller boat, I mean, we, half day for us is 500 bucks. So really you can go, you'd put three or four people in a boat, for 500 bucks total, and, you know, go try to catch some roosters. So it's, yeah, it can be pretty economical. How does somebody book a uh, charter with you? Can they go online or do you guys have Instagram or anything like that? Yeah, uh, good question. Uh, primarily, our website is just fishdrakebay.com. And through that is, is our email, which is info at fishdrakebay. And that's generally the preferred method. And then, of course, most of our current pictures are on Instagram and Facebook, which is at fishdrakebay. Uh, and typically on, on social media, we'll try to tell a little story about instead of just saying, hey, we caught five roosters and two tuna today. We'll talk a little bit about the clients and a little bit about the weather and, you know, what we saw along the way. They saw a nice uh, pot of bottlenose dolphin along the way or, you know, things like that. So it's really, it's just so cool to be on the ocean where we are. Um, right now, the, the humpback whales are starting to move in uh, and they'll be there for a couple months, you know, having their babies or migrating through. So it's just a it's just a super cool environment to be on the water, you know. And the fishing is oftentimes just a bonus. That's awesome. It sounds like such a good trip. I really Costa Rica is actually one of the places I haven't been, and I've been to so many places, and it, it amazes me that I haven't been there because I hear nothing about Costa Rica but good and good fishing, and there's good surf there. There's warm water. Um, I really want to get down there, and it, it would be super fun to get a charter going and come see you down there. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I mean, the main thing really too, is it's a safe country. Yeah. Like people are amazed that you land in the capital of San Jose. It's just, you, the, the country has no army. 
just a, a little fact. They gave the army up, I think it was 1949, and invested that money into, tour, in, into tourism. And the economy really runs on tourism, and, and they get that. So, you know, clearly there's, there's farming and there's things like that, but the majority is um, people are involved in the, in the tourism industry. And, and from the time you get off the plane, it's, you feel very welcome, very safe. People, again, are super friendly. Everybody loves taking your dollar and you got a good exchange <laughs> rate. And, uh, and you can get around easily. You know, it's, it's, it's an active vacation. It's not, hey, let's go sit on a beach. It's really not that type of vacation. It's more, hey, let's surf, let's zip line, let's hike, let's fish, let's scuba dive, things like that. Sounds awesome. Sounds like an epic trip. Mark, thank yeah. you. Thank you so much for telling us about this experience that you have in your life. I mean, that's insane that you got to start a charter like that, Fish Drake Bay. I really want to check it out. That's insane. All right. Cool. Come see us. Appreciate it. Thanks, Mark, for coming on. And thanks, everybody, for listening in to uh, today's podcast with Salt Life. We'll catch you next time. Thanks for listening in to Above and Below a Salt Life podcast. Make sure to follow us on Instagram at Real Salt Life. If you've enjoyed this episode, rate and review us on Apple or Spotify or wherever you listen to your podcast to help spread the word. And remember, stay salty.